0: Tony is very lucky that his father is a better person than Olly. And I think you, 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 you are an ostrich.
1: Next Tuesday, April Fool's Day is the biggest fool in Manchester, and that is you, David my
0: Football
2: heritage. <laughs> no one wants
0: to be a fullback as a kid. No one wants to grow up and be a Gary Neville.
2: But, unfortunately, crimes and wars will multiply. I love football.
0: It's the Bola Boys podcast. It's Rahul hosting today and I'm joined as usual by Kaiser and Vish. How are we doing fellas? See? See? <laughs> One of uh, my darkest days. <laughs> <laughs> We've had to take three days off, off uh, before recording just to allow ah. Vish to gain some composure. Um, but the obvious thing to say is Liverpool FC have gone to Old Trafford. And won by five of their goals to zero of United's goals. This, despite what we've been told, is the greatest play of all time. You know, lining up for uh, lining up for Man United up front, zero goals, zero goals, zero threat.
1: One disallowed goal. One disallowed. Goal. <laughs> one.
0: <laughs> one disallowed goal. So okay, fine. We'll chalk it up as five one. We can give them that. That's fine. <laughs> but I think as we have set out to be a neutral podcast, I think we have to keep the gloating at a minimum, Kaiser. will mm, um, try.
2: But we'll take thanks. that, man. That's Thank a once you.
0: in a lifetime result, I think, uh, coming on Liverpool fans. I think 10 years ago, if you had told me we'd go to Old Trafford and win 5 0 away, I would have told you to fuck uh-huh. off, quite frankly. You see, that's um, the thing about this result, right? Sorry, Raul, to interrupt you.
1: Uh, th- this is your nuclear weapon and it can go on for 10 20 years bro because we still make fun of arsenal fans t- until today for that 8 for two the win. Yeah. yeah Yeah. so yeah. this yeah. is the same it'll never end it'll never go so away. i'm
2: glad i'm glad we decided to start a podcast this season then yeah good uh, timing great, great decision
0: yeah, really good timing
2: yeah. uh, but i
0: think most of the focus of the game has gone uh, you know for the wrong reasons obviously the united way and more than united it's gone the way of the manager so uh I think I'll come to you, Kaiser, first before we go to Viz. I know Viz got a lot to say about it. But <laughs> Kaiser, how do you see it from an external point of view? Surely, um, it's time to look elsewhere.
2: Yeah, I think it's overall just very puzzling uh, for me. I think we heard recently that he's still going to get uh, the next game. Or maybe the next few games at least. Sir Alex has come to his support as well. Saying he still needs more time. So, it feels like... <sighs> The Bop people Mason uh, came to his rescue, lah. Uh. Yeah, again, <laughs> Daddy, helped me. <laughs> the,
0: the gaffer, the gaffer, the gaffer. <laughs> Can you imagine though, being a grown man? You're a manager. You're a boss. He still and needs someone else is coming to there, dude. Yeah. It's I feel, like when God. a child gets embarrassed at school and his dad turns up. And <laughs> yeah, he's just embarrassed. Guys, come on, guys. Man, he still needs on. more time.
2: He's just a kid. It is. It is. Yeah. But yeah, it feels like all decisions made are like. Or like the opinions people have, all it's all based on emotion. I feel it's there's no rational reason that Ole should still have the job, especially after the three years he's had, given the players he needs. Yes, he's taken Man United out of the slump after Mourinho's tenure. Everyone talks about the feel good factor and things like that, but uh, you just know he's not up to the capabilities of um, like the other elite managers in the leagues, and even you can tell in his interviews. Like, the way he talks about the game, you know, it's always, like, philosophical or mental side of the game. He doesn't have the capacity to talk about tactics and stuff because, yeah, he just doesn't have the depth.
0: Yeah, and I think it's easy now first to say in hindsight, but Jamie Carragher wrote an article, I can't remember where it was. It was in one of the papers, comparing himself to Ole and the other elite managers in the league. So, we're talking about Thomas Tuchel, Pep Guardiola and Klopp, he's comparing them to, you know, the Vidiches, the Ferdinands, the Terries, and he said, you know, we were never in the same level, you know, we could compete and, you know, up to a certain point, maybe we were, you know, looked at in the same space, but we were never the same level, I would take it further and say that I think that's an unfair comparison, Jamie Carragher and John Terry, the gap in, in quality there is much narrower than Ole and the other three. And again, this is so easy to say. Could we take, you know, we're, we're saying it after a poor result like Leicester, we're saying a poor result at Liverpool. But I think even an appointment, you know, the the fact that me, someone who is not a United supporter, was pretty happy with that appointment tells you all about it. Yeah. So this, you know, three years on Kaiser, I said we've not much to show for it. But still there is some sort of reason that it's not a imminent decision for him to be leaving surely this doesn't make sense i just i've
1: never come on this podcast ever where i've i've said it like out loud i i want him out i want this manager out <laughs> i want i want out. Okay. You out <laughs> you heard it here guys i finally said it because at the start of the season i said that this is his third year his third season and he has his squad and if we don't play well, it's all up to him now. You know, it's solely because of him. And now, 12-13 games in, bar the Leeds game, none of the performances have been up to par. None of it, you know. And he, there's no more the he's still learning on the job. No more of that. You can't be learning on the job with Ronaldo, with Varane, with Sancho. You can't be learning on the job. So, and yeah, Raúl, you're always right. I mean, we've we've talked about this before. We've always said. Say they can't be doing this. Look at Chelsea. This was when Lampard was still with Chelsea. So what is Chelsea doing actually? Hiring Lampard. Yeah. What What are they thinking? You know. Yeah. And then they sacked him. They bought. They brought in Tuchel. They won the Champions League. And then you had uh, a, a, an argument for Ateta as well. But Ateta, you know, that's a different episode altogether. But with Oli, you kept saying, you know, a club like Man United, what are they doing? You know, having him as manager. And you're right, Labro, bro. You're right. You're always right all along.
2: Even you know? Lamp. Even Lampard. I mean, he had. A bit more credentials, like did decently well mm. for in Derby in the championship. Okay, that's still nowhere near good enough to be managing Chelsea. I guess Arteta, yeah, under Pep, but doesn't usually translate. Uh, but- and and also the context of the
0: Lampard appointment, I think a lot of Chelsea
2: fans maybe it'll be, they say this isn't
0: true, but. I think, you know, Chelsea saw it as a free hit because they, had, you know, they got the transfer ban. Transfer ban, yeah. Mm. So to get a bit of goodwill, get, a, get the fans on side, you know, let's let's get Frankie back. Yeah, let's, yeah. let's put him there. And it was a free hit for him, right? They knew this yeah. guy couldn't, couldn't really make his own signings. And in the end, he did in the summer and it showed that, you know, he's just not there. He's just not at the level. A, I think it's, it's a big showing that the fact that he's still out of a job. Yeah. Right? Frank yeah. Lampard. And yeah. I think it's the same case cool. for, for Ole. Where does Ole go after United? Um... Molde. a lot of loan He got a he got a Premier League team re- relegated. Yeah, fine. He did well in Norway. Molde is in Norway, uh, right? Mm. Yeah. Yes. Um. So yeah, it's interesting. So let's talk about who who has been rumored to to come in. Obviously, the obvious links I've seen so far was uh, Antonio Conte, and he brings with himself obviously a lot of success, but also a lot of baggage and probably not uh the long term sort of. Prospects that Man United want in a manager. So, who else have you guys been linked to this? I'm sure you've been um, scrolling yeah. Twitter. <laughs> yeah, yeah, every
1: every five minutes. So, uh, the ones that the, the most obvious one has been Conte so far. He's the one who's looking most likely to take over. And besides Conte, you have Mario um, uh, Pochettino as well. Apparently, he's has some admirers at United. And then besides that, Zidane is ruled out. Zidane does not want to take the United job. And then you also have Ten Hag, who is my favorite out Ooh, of the lot. IX yeah. manager? Yeah, the She's Ajax manager, the Ten Hag. Manager. Yeah, I mean, you know, there are so many pros to him. And um, I'm not saying that he's Pep level, he's Klopp level, but there are similarities as to, you know, how Pep manages his team and how Klopp manages his team, you know, like, he's done it within a small budget he's won the the Everdees twice and he's someone that I want but I don't believe in the board for them to go out and actually get someone like him I see the board just getting in Conte so Raul, I know you asked me this question like how is Ole still in the job I mean because the latest news is that he will be in charge of the Tottenham game for mm-hmm. the like, next yeah. game at least. Next, yeah. Yeah, yeah, next game. But there are also rumours saying he'll be there for the next three until the international mm. break. I think for my personal opinion, it's just an opinion, I think the club are just buying time. They didn't see this coming. They didn't have the hindsight to see this coming. So they're just buying time right now because they don't want to be in a post-Mourinho Spurs situation where Daniel Levy went on and just sacked uh, Mourinho and then sort of didn't know who to hire and just got in uh, Nuno. You know? Yeah. So I think United are looking at I think he's done. I honestly think Ole is done already. It's just a matter of time until they finalize it with, with another. It was manager. quite telling
2: how different I mean, yeah, two games or one week made such a big difference in football where after the Leicester game I think um like club officials came out to support him, right? Ole. And I think after this game it was a lot less uh quiet.
1: Yeah, yeah, exactly. So they after the Leicester result they were like more oh, we're so gonna back back Ole for the long term and then suddenly after they l- he loses to Liverpool for them to suddenly go back on their word and say okay buy Ole you know I think that's another thing as well they have to take care
2: in, in, mm, yeah, in so and they don't want to embarrass to themselves
1: with the contract renewal there's so many factors that go into it you know, and so. I think
0: on the whole background of that is Ed Woodward this is last season so there's no stability yeah. even right at the top so I think there are a lot I mean exactly. there are a lot of things to, you know a manager whoever comes in now they know their boss is not going to be there next Next yeah. year, it's going to be someone yeah. else, right? Do you remember yeah, when? we know who's taking? Do we know who's taking over from Woodward? Or uh, I'm still, I, that, I'm not sure but about they, that. They, they still not, Yeah. So exactly. So again, yeah. you're coming into uncertainty. You don't know what the new person is going to want to do. You, do you, you know, you have all this uncertainty. So I think maybe it has to go all the way to Joel Glazer,
2: right? I think that's yeah. where the appointment is makes come the, from. Yeah. Um, oh, yeah. Do you remember when um, United signed Ronaldo? I said when the hype dies down, I think reality can really hit. I think this is the period I was yeah. referring to. The yes. post-Ronaldo hype period right now.
1: Post-Ronaldo hype really. I, Oli, Oli has crumbled with Ronaldo in the team. I think the expectations are too huge for him. He just cannot yeah. cope anymore.
0: Yeah. yeah. So let's talk about Oli a little bit. So before the game, let's 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 start talking about the game because we've gone on a while just talking about Oli. Before the mm-hmm. game, he makes comments. You know, we have to be front foot. We have to start really quick. And you know, that's mm-hmm. all encouraging, but it comes back to the thing where Ole just says these things, but the substance is just not behind it. So yeah, United start on the front foot. But by front foot, it's this wild pressing where people are pressing, you know, the attackers are pressing with no sort of pattern of play <laughs> behind them. <laughs> yeah, They have no idea whether their midfielders or the fullbacks are ready to press alongside them. Yeah. So you see Rashford on the left side, I think for the first goal, he's the one who just presses all the way. I can't remember if it was Trent or no, or it the wasn't Rashford.
1: It was Greenwood, who decided to half press, and yeah. uh, followed. And just leave uh, some space behind. Yeah, right? leave some space. No, Greenwood mm. was just running for the sake of running, and then one Bissaka Juan runs Bissaka, all yeah. the way to Robertson yeah. yeah. for, for what reason, and like he stands in front of Robertson, he doesn't even go and try to block him. And then it's a it's a shuffle lah. Then uh, Lindelof so comes everyone in to comes cover the space. Yeah. Maguire comes in to cover the space. Luke Shaw is all the way at the right centre back already. Yeah, yeah everyone space. gets pulled Salah to the Salah just corner. gets the yeah. ball. Salah has so much time to look at. Oh, shall I pass to Keta or shall I pass to Trent?
0: You know, it's yeah. so uh, so disorganised. Like you said, and the and, 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 and the thing pressing, is like half as pressing Half as pressing, and it's, United have never been a pressing team. Yeah, you know they tried something like this against Leicester as well. It didn't go well. And you've got comments from the players after saying that the coach told us to press, but we don't really know how to press. Yeah, Yeah. because
2: apparently they don't trade much pressing uh, in training as well. And Solskjaer is like, they say yeah, he just asked um, for men to uh, close the ball down to the nearest opponent. And then the team just gets, tracks back and gets... And that's crazy. I mean, even at basic, basic,
0: let's talk about when we play futsal on... You know what I mean? (laughs) Five aside at our level, which is the bottom of the bottom. You don't just go and press like a mad person with no one around you. You have to press. I mean, this is basic football, surely.
2: Yeah, they didn't know when to trigger the press at all. And it's like... Yeah, And then we so move on, on And obviously This is what
1: Whitwell said You know Raul. He's like uh, Sosha is said To have given an instruction To press high against Liverpool But the yeah. players were confused By the exact coordination You know why? Because United do not train much pressing if you don't train pressing Why would you try To pull a stunt like that Against Liverpool? Liverpool yeah. out of all teams Liverpool! Are you kidding me? It was
2: one of the best yeah. Counter-pressing teams
0: And then, obviously, the second point I I think we should move on to is then you look at the second and the third goals. Harry Maguire (laughs) had a terrible game. And again, it brings back the point that Harry Maguire is a good player. He's a good centre-back. But you can't expect him to be working miracles in a team with no sort of structure. And it's the same thing for the fourth goal. It's just a shambles, you know. And the worst part about this, right, and I think most of you guys listening would agree as well, is that I don't think Liverpool played that well. Yeah, yeah. Everybody says
1: that. Everybody said the exact same thing. Oh, Liverpool didn't play well. Because Liverpool didn't have to play well, man. They didn't get out of first gear. They were just cruising that game. you yeah, know.
2: We, we didn't have our normal <laughs> full 11 out as well. Konate came in for Mate Fabinho was out uh, with the injury. Mm. Uh, and Mane didn't start as well. So, yeah.
0: And a big contrast, I think, this season. So, United... Have lost heavily before in the past, right? The things which come to mind is the 6 1 s- against City. Spurs, yeah, oh, 6 1 okay. against Spurs, even more recent. But the big yeah. caveat in those games so, United were only 3 1 down against City mm. in the 88th minute, and then they were chasing the game and, and they, they considered they three more. Three. Yeah. It was three goals after 90 minutes, I'm pretty sure. Yeah, yeah. The Spurs game, Marshall gets sent off, I think, before even half time, somewhere it was around the 30th. Yeah, yeah, and it was two one. So you got mm-hmm. big caveats here. What is the caveat here? If anything, Liverpool didn't even start with their, their their best eleven. I don't think Liverpool played you guys off the park. It it was nothing like that. It was just terrible. It was a capitulation.
2: And in terms of line, you, in terms of lineup, is, w- you would have gone for that lineup as well, right? Fred, McTorm, yeah. you know why? Rashford, Greenwood. This eleven
1: is Ole's eleven. Everybody apart from Ronaldo on that pitch was this is Ole's go to emergency squad who will pull out a result, who will put in a yeah. performance, who will put in a shift. I guess you Varane know?
2: instead of Lindelof is the only. No, if he was, if he was available, this is
1: last season's uh, team, oh, yeah, no, yeah. By right, this Varane, should be yeah. his yeah. staple, you know, bread and butter team,
0: like. Yep. So. And we're talking about last season, right? One thing, I mean, before this season, one thing you'd say, United against the top six teams, yeah, are difficult to beat. Yeah. And this was under Ole. It wasn't wasn't under Mourinho. You know, Ole was good at this. Out of possession. United was so good. So compact. And that's why Liverpool always struggled. Before this game, I thought he would do the exact same thing. Make it very difficult. And we'd have to break down the United team. Six matches against Chelsea City, Liverpool last year. United kept five clean sheets.
1: Yeah. Okay. I have a theory for this, Raúl. So, I don't know if you all want to agree or not. But this is what I think. It's just a theory. So... Yeah, like you said, we've been relatively decent a bit in the, uh, against the big six, especially last season, keeping clean sheets and all. But we haven't been scoring, correct? Because we've just been a counter-attacking side all this while. So now, you add Sancho, Varane, Ronaldo, Ole thinks, okay, I have to go toe-to-toe here. You know, What if I decide to mm. sit back, counter-attack, and I still lose the game? It's not going to look good With for Oli, especially yeah, under yeah. so much pressure. You know, mm. So I think Ole is like, okay, let's try and do something. See if it works. He gambled and he and he just blew up on his face. That's that's what I think, you know. I
0: don't know if yeah, it makes that sense, a, but that yeah. makes a lot of sense. Yeah. So just in the interest of time, I think last last um, point on United or last question I am going to ask you guys on United before we move on, and let's let's talk about Liverpool after this. Uh, I'm gonna go first cause I am going to go, guys, first because I want to hear <laughs> his answer, and then we says, would you keep starting Ronaldo? Would you or you know the way the game was going. I thought Rashford and Greenwood were probably the most threatening out of their attacking players. Yeah. Yet Greenwood gets pulled. Yeah. Would you, first of all, you know, reach a point where Ronaldo has to come off the bench or do you think the substitution there shouldn't be in Greenwood should be in Ronaldo? I don't know the answer. I think the
2: the first question, I think, is very game-dependent. I think against a team like Liverpool where you need a cohesive, pressing, um, high work-rate team, I think... Yes, Ronaldo can make a difference, but he one player up front who's not uh, helping with uh, the press and just basically waiting to be fed. Um, I think it affects your team a whole load because, especially Liverpool play from the back, and so if you have to press from the front, I think he's really detriment, can be detrimental to your team. Um, but I think against lower block lower block teams and poor quality teams, I think there's of course Ronaldo when he gets the ball a lot, can shoot whenever he wants, uh, and take control of the game, then I think I mean it makes sense to start him for sure. Yeah.
0: And Vis, what is your what are your thoughts on that question?
1: So your question was should should I have brought off Ronaldo instead of Greenwood at 4 yeah. 0? For
0: teams like this where you need to sort of have a co- cohesive unit defensively all the way to the front, should yeah. you be starting Ronaldo?
1: No, if I wanted to close shop at would I be starting Ronaldo? Yeah. Is that what you're saying? In yeah. that game. Yeah. yeah. I would have started the exact same team, bro. I okay. was never going to change anyone. I would have started the exact same team. But the setup would have been completely different. I would have just opted to play on the counter, you know. Why try and press when we've not done it before? Why try to go toe-to-toe with Liverpool? We, it, You know, the setup, the entire setup was wrong. And yeah. I would have started that exact same team. I would have had Ronaldo in my team. You see, Ronaldo, he had that one chance. He scored that that disallowed goal or whatever it was, we didn't create any chances for Ronaldo that game.
0: Yeah. So, yeah. But I think the big, not a lot of people are saying you know, Ronaldo is there and his elite finisher is scoring goals but the fact that he's contributing close to zero elsewhere, he needs to be pulling magic out of his ass lah, you know. Let's be frank about it. And he's not. He's not, right? Is that hard to Okay, I I I see what you're
1: doing here. I understand why you're asking this question. You want me to come out and say that Ronaldo is not doing well. Like, Ronaldo's not living up to his. Is that what you're trying to do? No,
0: it's really not doing? what I'm trying to do. Is there, I mean, I'm, I'm only stating what is there. You've got a number nine guy who doesn't press, doesn't contribute in any way defensively, okay. doesn't even contribute in build up play, but he's not even scoring goals.
1: No, he does contribute in build up play. You can't say that he doesn't contribute in build up play. He's always there in abouts, the build-up play. It's just that, one for me, one bad performance that he had, I think, was against Leicester. He should have scored that game, created three, four chances for him. Should have scored at least one. But Raul, you look at the amount of chances that United are creating for him. You can't be expecting him to dribble from all the way from midline and, and, and uh, from the middle and score. You know, create his own chances. Remember at the beginning of the, the, the season, I said, if
2: we don't create
1: enough chances for Ronaldo, it's going to be a problem. And that's what's happening. We are not creating mm. enough chances for him. No, as but I, that.
2: I think the Premier League... To have someone like Ronaldo, yes, is an elite finisher, but the Premier League is just so, the intensity is so high that I think like playing Ronaldo can really be detrimental to your team. Uh, Sometimes, if you if you don't play to his strengths and feed him. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Once you like have to uh, defend against teams who are a lot more intense than you, it can really be detrimental.
0: Yeah. Fine. So I think we spent loads of time talking about United. Yeah. Let's touch on Liverpool a bit. So we already said no Fabinho, no Martip, no Sadio Mane. So by Vise's standards, that's a sec- Liverpool second team. Actually. That's Liverpool <laughs> VT, reserves. Yeah, right? yes. <laughs> and I still think they did pre- pretty well. I thought uh Naby Keita has been really good. Nabi Keita has been good for the last two, three games. It's such a shame he's gone off um, with that injury. Hopefully it doesn't keep him out. Um, but let's talk about the main man. Uh, I think the number one in the world I at mean, the minute comes off with a hat trick and an assist. He's I don't know if it's a purple patch, I don't know if this is his new level but Kaiser Mosala is he's tearing it up man.
2: Yeah, or well, one season one wonder tears it up again, but it's yeah. Just the one quadrado. Do you guys remember that interview? <laughs> With who? Yeah, I remember that. Is that me? I can't remember.
0: She called Mina Rocky or something. She said one. Uh, Mo Salah is just another one quadrado. There's a lot of pace, <laughs> they but just no, pick, and they just quadrado. pick
2: one person from the Syria and <laughs> compares the same. But yeah, oh my God, it's just such a joy to watch him like that. His finishing his touches. I mean, his game is so so complete now. I feel he's contributing to the team. I think that's what's brought him yes. up a level. Like yes. it's not just he's scoring goals; the way he's scoring. Yes, of course. Like that one touch finish at the corner. Yeah, to it's the not players. easy, right? Actually, hey, that was ridiculous finish, honestly. <laughs> and then the fact that he's contributing to the play as well. And he's like, yeah. his decision making is really, really good. He's not like previous seasons. He was like, he gets the ball. He looks at the goal, and he's like, "How can I get there fastest and just have a shot." And make sure I score. But now he's like feeding uh, Mane, Jota yeah. and midfield. And he's contributing to play the way he drops. He knows when to drop deep. He knows when to stay on the line. I mean, it's just, yeah. I mean, no, one, no wonder people are talking about him being the best player. I think, yeah. Yeah, Can't argue. for sure.
0: Uh, Vis, you were mentioning, you thought uh, Henderson had a really good game as well.
1: Yeah, I, I thought Henderson was the highlight for me. Henderson and Keita. They passed
2: for the fourth... Was it fourth? Yeah. Wow. Salah's actually... Oh, yeah. Outside that of the one. Food Intercept one. and then yeah. the ball. Wow.
1: Yeah. And yeah, they just got... It's, it's just two of them. Keita and Henderson again working together to dispossess Pogba who's in the middle dancing don't know doing what. And he plays that pass. And throughout the game, if Keta's pressing, uh, Henderson's already there shadowing him, you know, throughout. The two of them played so, so well and essentially they, dis- they, they bossed the midfield that game. They really did.
0: Yeah. Um, united still end up with an xg of 1.5 so that doesn't even count the Ronaldo chance that he scored so you know the the, the chances were there and if you guys remember first chance of the game first Bruno, three chance of the game yeah, was Bruno, i remember yeah. that one that was, was very Bruno, good chance and i think that the point i want to make with that is i still think there's something not quite right in liverpool defensive structure between midfield and defense which sounds so silly because they've come we off five two nine. five zero two <laughs> five zeros in the league yeah. but i've been mentioning this to you guys for a while now there's something not quite right and i think that's when maybe a team sets up a mid block and the t- liverpool don't know whether to press them fully or to hold back there's, there's something not quite right because teams are causing them problems atletico caused them massive problems massive problems
2: yeah and um, so it'll be interesting to see yeah we are letting a lot of chances in this year but Also, on the other side of the pitch, our attacking stats are, like, much more superior than any other team. So, I think maybe we just, the way we commit players forward, I saw um, someone write that, like, we play very narrow, actually, when we're, like, defending. And then once we get the ball, there's so many triangles open up because everyone's so close to each other. And, like, yeah, it's super uh, cohesive. But, yeah, the defense is definitely uh, a bit of a worry. But if we're scoring five goals a game, then... (laughs) <laughs> you
0: can't complain
1: Yeah I think it's just <laughs> Overthinking it all. I think it's still it's, Okay fine It's not the defense Of like like City's defense Or anything But No but but it's I not even
0: Compared to another team So when we won the league That yeah. that was You, you weren't even yeah. yeah You know true, It's not true. even reaching Van Dyke, Let alone Ellison This yeah. season I think Allison Has actually And you need to be Watertight massively. If you're gonna
2: win Win leagues right That's the thing Yes, yeah. City's defence have to be early.
0: but like as I said I think you all just compensate for it with the goals Attack, the, you know, nice. yeah. the front Fantastic. Three, so I think we spent yeah. a good, good, good amount of time talking about the biggest game of the weekend uh, we'll see you guys on the other side for a little chat on Leicester so pre-season pods uh, Vizvash makes a claim that Leicester City are finishing above Liverpool. They said 3 points from fourth. So they got a bit of work to do, Avis.
1: Huh, actually, I I I meant to say Leicester finish above United actually. Oh, not uh, not Liverpool.
0: <laughs> <laughs> but Leicester have come back. They've um, I think they had a, a rocky start to the season for some reason. You know, I was questioning this and I think we were all talking about it as well. Why they reverted to pre-Iha formation, trying to fit in, well, trying not to fit him up front with Vardy, and that didn't seem to be working too well for them. Over the last few games, they've reverted back to playing two up front, and that's uh, resulted in a change in their results as well, This,
1: Yeah, so they've sort of found their mojo back, uh, I would say, Uh, considering they started the season with two wins out of seven. And now, they've won just three in a row. uh, One in the league, sorry, two in the league, one in the Europa League. And currently, they're sitting in ninth with 14 points. So, um, let's talk about the Brentford game, where they played in as well. First half, uh, Brentford were extremely dominant. They were smashing, I would say, smashing uh, Leicester in the first half. But then, Telemans, he just pulls one more out of the bag. He's just showing his class, you know, what a goal. Did you all see that goal?
0: For the second game in a row, United, it was the same, right? Yeah, yeah United also. Long range, range, I actually long range prefer the United role, you know. First time chipping it over the keeper yeah, into a corner. So that nice, is sick, right? man. And he wasn't yeah. even
1: so crossing. He meant to do that. So nice, actually. Very nice, yeah. 100%. So, yeah, you know, last season, we covered this in the pre-season pod, pod where I said Tillemans was Leicester's player of the season. And it's pretty evident why. You know, Not only this game, against United as well, he was so, so good. Uh, in this game, especially against Leicester, he was in the heart of... Uh, sorry, against Brentford, he was in the heart of everything. And yeah. Uh, yeah, it was just a difference in individual quality, I would say, that game. Yeah,
2: and I think you mentioned uh, Telemans, and I think a lot of people said he's allowed to do that just because he has a uh, Indy D next to him, right? who does so much mm. of the dirty work, very Kante-esque uh, for that yeah. Leicester team about yeah. the Bogba Sumare has come in recently Bogba. Now ND, yeah. <laughs> NDD's, uh, with NDD's absence and he's yeah. done really well as well huh?
1: yeah see the thing about Bogba at, at first I thought Bogba is uh, Sumare by the way so if y'all don't know it was Bogba versus
2: Pogba the weekend before <laughs>
1: So, uh, yeah, Sumari. So we thought he was going to be the destroyer, sort of like exactly like NDD, but apparently not, you know. Apparently, he's not that direct. He's very good on the ball. He's good at bringing up the ball as well. He's similar, actually, to Tilleman's style, but he prefers sitting in deep. And yeah, he's been doing so well so far, and you don't even realise that NDD is missing because he's done such a good job. And yeah, besides Sumare, um, Dhaka as well is someone that I want to highlight. Patson Dhaka. These two people, like, you know, they've impressed so far. And and Dhaka scored, what, four goals against Spartak Moscow. That was so good to watch. (laughs) Yeah, in the Europa League, you know. And also, he's the one who provided the assist for the winner against uh, Bramford as well. When he came on, you know. As soon as he came on, he started making such, like, so good runs. And it was quite evident that, that, that Leicester are just good at making signings, man. You know, exactly. How's so how,
2: how Vestergaard done? Eh? Uh, recently, because the their defense is the big problem. I think, right? been, I think was, they have was, they have Evans back, uh, which I think all the fans are thankful for. And they're playing three at the back, right? Amate is still playing right centre back, right? Eh? Yeah, yeah, I think I think Vestergaard Somehow. has been
1: doing a good job, a better job than Soyon Chu, if you ask me. Yeah, so. Soyon <laughs>
0: of season. I think even Vestergaard hasn't been hasn't had the best start. But I think Johnny Evans makes such a difference, you know. Yeah. Yes. It makes such a difference. And you see that throughout a lot of teams, right? You have the centre backs next to them who just make whoever is playing alongside them step up another level. And either that's yeah. through confidence or organization, I don't yeah. even know what it is, but Johnny Evans and Leicester fans, to be fair to them, have been banging this drum for a long time. He's mm-hmm. their best you know, he's their best defensive player.
2: Yeah, and they're Pereira and Castagne back, right? So now that yeah. the defense is looking up to shape again, I think they have a strong foundation to build on.
1: Yeah, and Vadi also, before, before this game, he's been banging, what, every other game. Yeah, he yeah, well. scored
0: in every game, right? Except yeah. for the last one. Four goals. Except for goal the last one, because he came off and half-time. So, I just want to bring it back a bit to the three players you guys were talking about. So, Sumari mm. Dhaka, and Telemans. And I think Leicester is a club we can see in these three players, the exact sort of cycle that they have. So, Telemans was, they signed him straight for Monaco. Very, you know, highly rated young player. They bring him through. He has really good seasons playing well, now probably one of the best midfielders in the league, and then mm-hmm. he doesn't want to sign the contract.
1: Uh-huh. Mm-hmm.
0: So yeah, you see, yeah. you're reaching so that end might. of the cycle where either they have to tie him down and sell him on, or they're going to lose him on a free. And we're looking yeah. at the other side with Sumare and Dhaka. And I won't Dhaka. be surprised in Sumare, Dhaka, another four or five years, they do the same thing. And they've done this so many times in the past. Maguire, Chilwell, yeah. Marek, bro- and Gante. like you said, yeah. it's so... So one
2: of the top six teams will pick up Tillemans uh, basically in the next one two. Yeah. You know? Yeah, yeah. yeah, Or a PSG or
0: something. And they're just so well run. The other thing now, they're looking at expansion of their stadium as well. I think they've just got planning permission through that. So, they're just a very well run club. And I won't be surprised they'll they'll keep chugging along as they are. Three points from fourth. I think that's exactly where they want to be. And I think, talking about their opponents, Brentford, right? Brentford are obviously a much smaller club. But if you told Brentford fans, you know, you could be a Leicester in the next five to ten years, that's exactly the sort of model I think they'll want to follow as well. Yeah, yeah. definitely. You know, and they've done it in the past. They've done it at Watkins. I won't be surprised if Tony or Mbwemo go somewhere else next season or yeah. the season after. Yeah. But let's touch on Brentford very very slightly just because, you know, they played Leicester. And, you know, like you said, they battered them in the first half, but they're not managing to just get those goals. Yeah,
1: um, and why is that? Why is that? Is it because of their quality in finishing? Is it because their championship quality? You know, because against uh, Chelsea also, there was this, what, 20-minute period where they were just hammering them.
2: I couldn't but believe they yeah. didn't score. I, yeah. I just couldn't believe. You're dominant. So dominant. Exactly. So but I think Ambumo hitting six points is some element of luck. Six, uh, it, it hitting it's the six, post six times? Six, six times, times, yeah. yeah. Um, well, so, so it's funny. I, I was
0: just going to bring that up when you talked about the finishing. So someone did an article, I can't remember what it was, about looking at boemo's chances when he hits the ball, what the XG was, you know. Okay. And the, the I don't know, I don't know how accurate this is, but he was saying the higher the XG, if you're hitting the post, then you can consider that bad finishing. Bad the lower the XG yeah. and you're yeah. hitting the post, you're actually, you've done quite well, right? Because you're almost yeah. on target. Yeah. And literally, all Mbuemo's six shots that have hit the post was like minimal XG. Mm. Absolutely minimal. All so very you tough almost, chances. I, I think they've been pretty unlucky. The other caveat that with Brentford... Is look at the fixtures. Arsenal, Crystal Palace, Villa, Brighton, Wolves, Liverpool, West Ham, Chelsea, Leicester. That's not an easy run. Mm, that's like top yeah. twelve. That's literally. Teams, basically. I mean, yeah. we're, yeah. we're talking about Li- Liverpool and Chelsea, they played there. I mean they won against Arsenal. But that's what West Ham, Leicester, Chelsea, Top Ten, Liverpool. Top Ten. Yeah, yep. that's your top six, right? That's top like yeah. five, four, five of your top six teams. So I think elite the finishing team. has to do with that. I think finishing also has to do with just coming across elite players like Mendy who yeah. was just unreal against them uh, at, at, uh, during last week. So I think <laughs> probably that answers the question. Um, but Leicester, their next few games are pretty challenging. Actually, they've got Arsenal and Chelsea at home and Leeds in between there. This yeah. is really where you can either push on or I think your season then hits another sort of uh, bump in the road. Like, you know.
1: I think the Leicester-Arsenal game would be interesting.
0: Like, very, very yeah, excited. Definitely. Yeah. Help. Definitely. I think we'll talk about it a bit later as well. But I think that's a good mention on Leicester. We haven't spoken about them much this season. Uh, but we'll move on. So next, at the request of Cash uh, AVFC, who's a grown man, who's <laughs> a grown man with a Twitter account dedicated to his football club, we'll be talking about Aston Villa. <laughs> so we'll see you guys then. Aston Villa have had a... Uh, Rough start to the season, I would say. Uh, after losing Jack Greedish in the summer and then bringing in quite a few replacements, I think all of us were a bit on the fence on how they do. Um, Kaiser, what are your thoughts on their start so far? Uh,
2: yeah, I mean, if you ask me maybe three game weeks before, it might be a bit uh, different actually. But how things looking now after they just lost uh, three in a row? Um, they're actually on 13, they're 13th on 10 points and they have fewer points than they did after nine games two seasons ago when they scraped survival on the final day. So yeah. fans are getting uh, very, very worried. Um, in, in terms of away games, they played five and they've conceded 11, which is worst in the league. Uh, so things are looking very, very down. And especially after the last game, I don't know if you guys saw against Arsenal. That was one of the worst halves uh, I think Aston Villa has played uh, yeah, dominated, in recent absolutely times. They dominated, the, right? Couldn't yeah, get out of their half. Exactly, from minute one Watkins with a silly foul and yeah. then Arsenal just absolutely dominated them all over the park. Uh, and then Luke, this is uh, attributed to the hangover from the last game uh, people are saying as well where they were leading 2-0 against Wolves and it consisted of 3 in the last 15 minutes so there's definitely something uh, going wrong there.
0: Yeah, and I think not only the results, is the manner of the results, as you just said. 2-0, what, up to the 80-something minute? I can't remember the exact minute. And then yeah, blow 80, a lead yeah. and lose three, concede three goals there. Uh, they were pretty unlucky with the third goal, like, you know, the free kick, but still. And then to come to Arsenal and be absolutely dominated in midfield. I mean, I watched the first half of that game and they, 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 weren't, they weren't in it. They weren't in it at all. Uh, and this brings up a lot of questions on, do they know what their best formation in, uh, their best formation is? Because they've started with a three. They started the season with a three at the back and now reverted to the four. So, Kaiser, let's talk about that a little bit.
2: Yeah. Um, so, the last six games they played uh, three, 3 5 two. Um Last season, they did so well uh, with their normal 4-3-1. I think this season... Because of the purchase of Ings, uh, they've tried to fit both Ings and Watkins up front in this 3-5-2 formation. So uh, Twan has been brought in as well as an extra centre-back, uh, which allows uh, to accommodate Watkins and Ings. So this leaves McGinn and Douglas Luiz uh, in the middle. So in the three games before this, uh, when they played really well against Chelsea and even beat United, um, they were playing really well in that formation. And last three games, it's very puzzling how it has been extremely dreadful and even the Arsenal game you can see at halftime they reverted back to four at the back and they played a lot uh, better uh, comparatively in the game and so fans are questioning what Dean Smith will do next basically does he revert back to four at the back and maybe play Watkins on the wing Um, Bailey when he's come on he's looked really really effective and lively uh,
0: X Lively is high. X Lively very, very high.
2: <laughs> so the potential is there and they want to see him start and so he might be on one wing and Watkins on the other. Uh, but long term, I think uh, Villa fans still believe Dean Smith is the right man for the job. He deserves time after what he's done uh, the past two seasons. Um, and yeah,
0: I think the other question is is trying to fit in all these players in playing at the same time. So you got you got Bailey, you got Buendia, Traore is injured at the moment. They got Watkins and Ings, Al Ghazi as well. I haven't even mentioned there. And that brings back to the question that after they sold Jack Grealish for that amount of money, their transfer strategy just seemed almost sort of FIFA manager football manager-esque, where you're just trying to look at the best attacking talents with no sort of idea of how you're going to fit them in and just sign them for the sake of it. And I think that's why they're probably in the situation they are now.
2: Yeah, and Buendia, I think he came with a lot of high expectations with his astonishing season, 15 goals, 17 assists. I think we mentioned in pre-season that a few times. (laughs) Um, And they brought in Bailey. We mentioned Ready Ings. Uh, But these three signings actually haven't played much together. So that's one caveat. Uh, They played less than an hour together. Um, either due to injury or team selection. Um, so we're still yet to see how they will work together because they cost £84 million, pounds, yeah. the three of them, uh, and they sold Grealish for 100 So basically, these are the replacements uh, for Grealish. So um, yeah, it's going to be an interesting season because I think um, these three really have to... Um, Replace what Grealish, they lost in Grealish. And Dean Smith has to find a way to play them effectively
0: all at the same time as we already mentioned. But the other thing now we're seeing is there have been, after the game, quite a few reports of a lot of unrest in the dressing room, right? I think Ming's and Sun and stuff have been very vocal about uh, not being happy the situation which I think might be a bit of an overreaction I mean it's still pretty pretty early in the season but that's another challenge Dean Smith has to to, to sort out
2: yeah apparently the match itself fans saw Sanson losing it with uh, Dean Smith throwing a water bottle at him and stuff (laughs) so (laughs) that's a bit mad I mean that could be signs of losing the dressing room uh, potentially which is yeah uh, not what you want to see
0: we forgot to get cash uh, AVFC's views on it, but uh, interested in it would be interesting to see what he has to, to say about all this. Lovely. So uh, we'll take another break, and I think we're done with all the reviews. We'll see you on the other side for previews of Wolves-Everton, the United Games, and Leicester-Arsenal. <laughs> So looking forward, uh, we talk about two teams who are playing each other and they've had contrasting starts to the season, Wolves and Everton. Uh, Rafa Benitez aside, started pretty well actually. Um, Signings that he's brought in Gray and Townsend off the flying start. Uh, Ducore chipping in with goals uh, and that led to them picking up Three wins and a draw in the first five games, and they won ten points. Since then, it's been quite rough. Um, injuries to DCL, Decore, uh Yerimina have meant that they've you know really slumped, and it's been compounded by five-two loss to Watford over the weekend. Um, and yeah, that faced was
2: <laughs> astonishing, especially Josh King who. <laughs> Everton let go off after like six months, I think. Comes back to score (laughs) a hat trick. uh, What did Ranieri say after (laughs) the most Everton thing ever? Josh King to
1: turn up or something, right? What did he say Uh, after the Everton game or the Liverpool game? No after the Everton game, he's like, "This is the Josh King I know." Some shit like that, bro. Oh really? Yeah, and Josh (laughs) King also he came out and said, "Today when I woke up in the morning, you know, I knew I
0: had to put on (laughs) uh, (laughs) a performance." Yeah. yeah. (laughs) Yeah, George King made like, what, 11 appearances for Everton. Everton. Zero goals. Uh, yeah. And he definitely, he wasn't shy in celebrating uh, his, uh, his goals.
2: That's no, sure. the first one he was. And the second one, immediately <laughs> takes off his top. And it, it was like, less. I don't think it was even 80 minutes. It was 80-something minute only. Like. He knew he hat-trick incoming. Yeah, maybe. And
0: on top of... Um, Missing all these key players. Michael Keane, who's been pretty decent for them in the past, has been terrible. Really bad game against Watford, um, which is surprising because not only him as an individual performance, but as a team, you know, the first thing I would have said if you asked me preseason, Rafa Benitez, Everton, what do you think he's going to do there? I would have thought he'd make them a team which is, you know, very hard to break down. I would have thought even if they're sterile in attack, right, they wouldn't be conceding chances. You'd really have to work your socks off to get a goal. And that's just not the case. Yeah, it really isn't.
1: Um, is uh, If you look at the stats, I think they're 14th, I think, for XGC. Uh, and then 17th for shots from set pieces. And 15th from for big chances conceded. So is uh, almost the polar opposite, right? If, you, if yeah. you told me that was a Rafa team... Uh, I wouldn't believe, be believe it. Very would be, yeah, be, be very surprised. Yeah, i be very surprised.
2: Based on your theory, Rahul, that means maybe Yeri Mina is the Johnny Evans of the team, and <laughs> Michael Keane yeah. is doing a Soyun Chu. Well,
0: Michael thing Keane is, has been the, poor, right? He's been poor. Very the last, poor. Yeah, really few poor. Weeks, in the Watford yeah. game, I think that, you know, he was particularly bad. But then, then on the other side of the team as well, with uh, DCL apparently not back until after international break, Richard Lison has just come back now. Salmon Rondon, what, five, six starts now, zero goals. Um, he's pretty worrying. It's pretty worrying for this Everton team, especially because in January, you don't know how much they're going to be able to add to this squad, to be honest. On the other side of the fixture, we've got Wolves, who, again, like we said, contrasting start to the season. They started terribly. They are the uh, XG team of this season, taking over Brighton. <laughs> yeah. uh, loads of shots, loads of chances. Dominated the games against... United, Spurs, and Leicester, but zero to show for that. So they only picked up, I think, one point, one point from the first five games. Um, but since then, it's been the polar opposite. Not Not the best football, not the free-flowing football you'd expect from the uh, Bruno Large team, but they picked up points. Um, so, Kaiser, do you think it's un- this is sustainable? Because, you know, we're looking at Huang as an individual. <laughs> He's... <laughs> He's had yeah. four shots and scored four goals. Crazy.
2: I don't a know, I don't know that's something you want to hang your hat on. Yeah, Wolves is just such a weird team, honestly. Uh, but it could be attributed to who they're playing though. I mean, the first few fixtures um, is teams they could counter-attack, uh, I guess. And now when they have to control games, yeah, they're just very, very flat. Uh, even though Huang is uh, banging, the, banging the goals. Um, but yeah, I think they haven't found the right... Team, the right mix. Uh, I think, yeah, we have to say it's Bruno Large's um, first season, right? So I think we still have to give him time, he's still finding his feet. yeah uh, But it is, yeah, it is a strange, it's just very tough to call how Wolves games will go, to be honest.
0: Definitely. And they're still missing big players Pedro Neto, who I thought was really good uh, mm. for them, still out of awesome. a long term injury. Johnny and Boli. Uh, and Jimenez still not firing as he should be. So that'll be an interesting game uh let's move on, so United after coming off these terrible two results they it doesn't get much easier for them. They've got Spurs and City next the next time that Old Trafford will be against City yeah, how do you see this game <laughs> this? Gosh. Oh my uh God. let's talk about the Spurs game first
1: because I think it's a huge game for both managers. they're calling it the El Sakiko. <laughs> so Salih see, Both teams If if, if, he, if both teams Play like shit And it's a 0-0 oh, Both of them to get side Oh my god That'll be fine You
2: just shake hands On the pitch And
1: like Mutual yeah. consent But then yeah United playing a w- away To Tottenham um, Is a huge game For Ollie, I would say uh, This game You can I think it's uh, A chance for Us to see Whether he's lost The dressing room Or not officially because this is sort of his big break or uh, make game, right? Make or break, yeah, yeah. yeah so compared to compared to Nuno, I would say. But I mean, Spurs haven't been that fantastic either. But they they're still ahead of uh, United by one point uh, on the table. And uh, the game against West Ham, I saw that game against West Ham. Um, it wasn't. It was very lackluster. In fact, you know, the funny thing is. Spurs had rested their full 11 In the Europa League So they can play this game Against West Ham But yeah. they look like the team That was tired Which was weird yeah. oh, You know but I
0: mean just as a game It was an awful game <laughs> Yeah
1: <laughs> I he had no fun ah, I it off. Weird. I I'm just happy Ant- Antonio Scott Because I have Antonio on yeah. my team Yeah, yeah. So yeah uh, But uh,
0: Sorry Sorry Earl? No I was just going to say I think the Spurs game If you do You know if he does well there Then you can almost
2: look at the City game As a free pass as long as you don't lose five nil again yeah but it shouldn't ah. be looked at game by game man. like honestly you know, this uh, is what? ole ole has shown enough that he needs to go out. but yeah yeah I, it's more than enough you see
1: this is what it, i don't like if, okay um, <laughs> like, what even, i said was the next two, that man. that the board is buying time correct so yeah, what i i don't I like is if you know why the club is putting me in a position where i'd be happy if my team loses you know like oh. i want my team to lose yeah. i hate to be in this position yeah. but it is what it is man yeah, so yeah, again, a
2: celebrating wins like it's been like that for a while. I think like every time. Against like, Tottenham, I think ah, uh, comes it'll back be it's a like
1: one one or a zero zero. I don't see it going either way. Both teams are game. crap. Yeah, yeah. So, but the City one, uh, that's at home. I'm not as confident as I was last season. Nowhere near. Yeah. Um, to be fair, I don't even know who the manager will be at that time. You know, two weeks yeah. from now. So, I don't yeah. know how the team's going to set up, whatnot. It was difficult, quite difficult to say what will happen. And considering the form that City are in, they scored, what, nine goals in the last two games? Am, yeah. I, am I correct? Yeah. So, if we play, if United play the way they play against Liverpool, uh, we will easily no get chance, 5-0. 5-0 again, 5 or 6, maybe City would want to, you know, put one more. Yeah. But if we decide to sit back and sort of hit them on the counter... Then maybe we will just lose 2-0. La. But either way, also <laughs> we're going to lose this game. That's that's my that's my definitely. take on it. I don't know. I don't know how y'all feel. I I don't see y'all s- telling me otherwise la.
0: No, I don't think so. I think for the Spurs game, some definitely those three points are massive for both teams. And then the City game. I mean, any any team playing against City when when City came when we when Liverpool went to Etihad as well. I mean, coming away with a draw is still a great result. Yeah, return. I think so yeah, part, yeah
2: it's damn good. I, I think we can't put too much on past year records because yeah, the forms of these teams so, just so so different. So right different now. already. Last season when Liverpool, I think they were at Toss. home. You all lost City 4-1.
1: Is it? Was it at home
2: or away? Uh, we that was at home. They beat us. That, that was at home. home, right? That was at home. See, that's yeah. the
1: thing. So City can probably come and do the same thing to us, lah. You know. So yeah,
0: for sure. And then yeah. uh, the other two teams who are probably competing for fourth spot. I think it's safe to say. I don't think United are challenging or Spurs are going to be challenging this season. Uh, (laughs) Leicester and Arsenal. So we've spoken a bit about Leicester. Sort of turned the corner a little bit. Arsenal, we slightly touched upon them when they played Villa. Kaiser, how do you see this one going? Because I I don't really know. I don't really know which way to call this
2: one. Yeah, it's a tough one, actually. Both teams, I mean, Arsenal, especially after the game they had against Villa, will be... um, yeah, very much up for this game. Um, the Palace game was disappointing uh, before that, uh, where they had the lead, but uh, managed to come back in the 90th minute and it showed against Villa, they were really up for it. Yeah. Uh, but also Villa shied. Uh, so I'm not sure how much you can take from that. <laughs> <But> cash AVFC <laughs> did not like that. <laughs> you better censor that or cash. <laughs> but, but yeah, what Arsenal changed uh, from the Palace game was that um, they partnered uh, Lokonga with party, so... They had a double favor and it was much, much more balanced uh, compared to the Palace game, where it was quite helter skelter. And yeah, this game they they sacrificed all the guard and played Lacazette, who had one of his best games. I felt, um, yeah, not just um like technical wise, but super high intensity pressing everything down. um And Tavares, who played in place of Tierney as well, had looks a good like, game yeah, as well. Yeah, so there's a potential there because Tierney they rely so much on. So good for Arsenal fans to see that sure. they had a um, potential
0: replacement and you you mentioned uh, Pate and Lokonga both in the middle I think obviously they both are good I really like Sambi Lokonga I think he's a good player yeah very uh, but I think player. the big difference was the fact that Odegaard was not playing and that doesn't I mean mm. I'm not saying Odegaard is a bad player but I think him and Emil Smith-Rowe occupied a lot of the same sort of spaces I yep. don't think Odegaard is the best presser of the ball, and I think that's the, the you know the big difference there. And I think Arsenal, why they were so good against Villa, is they were so good at breaking up Villa's play and starting attacks in Villa's half, uh, you know, which we've not we've not really seen from Arsenal over the last sort of six months, um, yep. where the, you know they've been pressing quite aggressively and turning them over that way. So it'll be very interesting, very interesting to see the Leicester Arsenal game. Um, I think. It's time for predictions. So, so far on our score predictors, we've been doing terribly, uh, which is very bad advertisement for the podcast. But uh, I think so far, Kaiser's in the lead with four points, I'm on two, and this is on one. So that means Kaiser's got one score exactly correct, which was the Chelsea-Brentford game. Wow, one other, re- one other result correct, <laughs> and me and this have just got one result correct each so it's pretty bad showing so let's see if we uh, have better luck with the next few ones this uh, Leicester Arsenal let's start from the bottom what do you think
1: ah uh, this is tough but I think Arsenal gonna win okay I'm going for Arsenal
0: 2, two zero. Two zero 2-0 Arsenal 2-0 Kaiser
2: <laughs> I think it'll be a very fun game to watch and I think there'll be goals involved so I'm gonna go for 2-2 two, two, actually
0: oh nice Ooh, and yeah. I'm gonna say uh, Leicester win two one actually. So all, oh, nice. all, wow. yeah, got all, all three results now. Which We're going is, for uh, it. <laughs> pretty rare for us. <laughs> uh, we'll do both the United games then. United Tottenham. I would say I'm gonna just go for a boring one uh, one there. Uh, Vis, we will go to you. Uh, I think that would be a two one to Spurs. Two one to Spurs. Wow. Yeah. Uh,
1: and Kaiser.
2: Yeah, I think I'm going for one one as well.
1: One, one I don't as think the well. players will
0: turn up. I think they'll purposely lose so they can get all these
1: secs. That's <laughs> what I think. Like, at least. I don't know <laughs>
0: and then uh, we go from uh, b- bad to worse. What do you think about the City game? Oh, uh, Kaiser, we start with you first.
2: Uh, yeah, I think 3-1 City. 3 1 oh, City.
0: they but United are going to score Fair Yeah. <laughs> yeah we are dropping so funny uh, uh, this on the United going to score <laughs> <laughs> this on the s- this on the assumption Ole will still be there uh, I'm going to go with 3-0 uh, 3-0 three nil. Three nil to City and uh, this same 3-0 to City 3-0 three three City yeah. and then finally I think probably the hardest one to call out of the four Wolves Everton this oh,
1: Are we doing one more
0: yeah I didn't
2: think about this one.
1: Wolves-Everton. Okay, I'll come
2: back to you then, Kaiser. (laughs) (laughs) Wolves-Everton. Oh my god, sounds terrible. I don't think I'll be watching this game, that's for sure. Um, (laughs) Don't tell the listeners that. (laughs) We watch all the games. Yeah, we watch all the games, actually. (laughs) All match of the days. uh, Legally. (laughs) (laughs) I'll go for trust in Benitez 1-0 to everything
0: nice 1-0 everything I'm going to go to the opposite I'll say 1-0 Wolves 1-0 on Wolves 1-0 one one Wolves man. fantastic uh, quite an extended period but it's not every pod we get to discuss Liverpool FC beating Man United 5-0 uh, <laughs> that's all five, for us this time zero. <laughs> thanks it's been the Baller boys all in <laughs> He's is very lucky that his father is a better person than Noli. And I think you, you 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 are an ostrich.
1: Next Tuesday, April Fool's Day is the biggest fool in Manchester, and that is you, David my
2: Football heritage.
1: <laughs> no one wants to be a fullback as a kid. No one wants to grow
0: up and be a Gary
2: Neville. But unfortunately, crimes and wars will multiply. I love football.